0: Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide.
1: What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit radiobeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30 day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL.
2: We got a Friday morning get together, a football Friday gathering here on birds 365 and the countdown to eagle weekend action is not as far as it usually is saturday action against the dallas cowboys coming to town and i'm still not sure exactly what the game is going to look like would hope that you'd have a better guess with only 20 uh, so hours to go john McMullen, my partner how about the coach clinging to his competitive advantage yeah, Damn, he loves you know, at competitive advantage,
3: it, it advantage really does. Advantage. That's what you know, it's it's tremendous, uh, uh it's very advantageous, as we were discussing before the show, Jody. Uh, in a meaningless game to uh, not tell everybody who's playing, and look, I don't get it, but it's one of his things. Uh, he's talked about it all year, you know, dating back to real issues where you know where's Landon Dickerson going to start right guard or left guard after Isaac Samala went hurt, uh, got hurt, things like that. But um, this stuff doesn't affect the other team. I I mean, the Eagles know that from playing all these goofy machinations of teams with they don't know who the quarterback's going to be to the day before the game because of COVID. They've been through it all from the other end of the spectrum and we ask them the question well how do you prepare you don't know and they say it's about us you you don't you don't focus on it you just prepare they have an offense they they're going to run they're going to have a dna whatever you want to call it a scheme you just prepare for that well what do you think the other team does is doing when you're
2: keeping your cards close to the vest coach Sirianni of course they're handling it the same exact way that you do
3: yeah so it's uh, you know I kind of let it roll off my back because as I said everybody's got their things that's one of his things he's latched on to competitive advantage pretty early this season and he hasn't come off it and he believes these things are an advantage I I, I don't agree with him but uh you know if it makes him feel better it's like a sugar pill If it makes him feel better uh you know what's the harm And, oh, by the way, there's no
2: real downside to playing your cards close to the vest and not telling anybody what you're going to do. Are you gathering, garnering a major competitive advantage? You don't think so. I don't think so. But Sirianni seems to think so. And if he wants to misguidedly continue to believe that, it's not like he's hurting the Eagles at all by doing so. He's just bothering guys like you and me who do this yeah. for a living who would uh, and, let, and, have something of substance to talk about rather than, well, we don't really know
3: who the Eagles yeah. are going to play. And when you take that sugar pill, it's not going to hurt you, uh, you know, but it, it's not going to help you either <laughs> unless it is from a mental standpoint. Maybe gets it, maybe gets something from a mental standpoint. Maybe that's uh, the positive of it, but uh yeah, the Dallas Cowboys aren't sitting around hand-wringing, uh, worrying about who the Eagles are going to sit, who they're going to play. And, and by the way, from Dallas's perspective, it, it's starting to look like uh, somebody talked some sense into Jerry Jones as well because all of a sudden, you know, certain key players aren't going to play for them as well. Micah Parsons, we talked about the COVID list. Teron Smith, they didn't do it early like the Eagles did. So those guys are – you know, almost a hundred percent to be ruled out. And, and, and so, you know, when you start to talk about, okay, you're not going to play your left tackle or why are you going to play your right tackle? Why are you going to play Zach Martin, a hall of fame, right guard? Why you know, you start talking about that. And I think ultimately we are going to get sort of a preseason environment. Again, it can't be preseason because you don't have the 80, 90 men to rely on. So certain guys do have to play, but um, so maybe that'll be the most interesting part uh, to see who Nick Sirianni does rest completely and who has to go out there and play. I think it's self-evident. I mean, guys, you know, veteran players, you know how they know how to prepare, and they know they're going to be ready. The Jason Kelseys, the Fletcher Coxes. As I said with Kelsey, though, because of the consecutive game streak, you you might want to keep that going if you get him back up the COVID list. Um, So there's interesting little tweaks throughout the roster. But the most important part is the quarterback. And maybe maybe – to me at least, maybe Devontae Smith, because they're young players and they need to continue to grow, but they're also very important players. I was thinking about this last night, Jody. Could you imagine if Devontae Smith sprains his ankle, high ankle sprain in this game? you got to go into a playoff game with no Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins as your number one and Jalen Rager your number two and Greg Ward. I mean, I, I don't want him near the field. I think of all the players on this team, I was thinking about it. I don't want him near the field uh, uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. That's just my personal.
2: Yeah. The the drop off from his level of performance to his <clears> replacements <throat> level of performance might be greater than anyone on the Philadelphia Eagles. Doesn't mean he's the best player on the no, Eagles, no. but the person you would have to plug in to replace him The differential between those two might be the greatest. I think you're absolutely right. Um, You mentioned about uh, potential mental advantage. Did Nick tip his hand a little yesterday? Because he was talking about, hey, it's all about the process. It's what we do. It's the fact that we've been doing this the entire season since training. And these guys come mentally prepared every single day. It's not like, hey, I got a chance to play this week, so maybe I'll go a little bit harder. Uh Ooh, got a chance to play this week. Is he referring to backups when he says something like that? Guys who don't get many snaps, all of a sudden getting that many more snaps. It's the closest thing we've come to getting Nick Sirianni to say, yeah, I'm not playing all my starters. Certain guys are going to be out in this game. They'll be on the bench. They'll be in COVID protocol. We won't rush them back. Whatever the situation is. He kind of tipped this out a little bit. He wouldn't give us exact numbers. No, we want to know exactly how many guys. Give us a list, yeah. Coach, so we can look at it. Who's playing, who's not, who's playing some, who's coming out early. He's not about to do that. But he did kind of tip his hand yesterday in his uh, meeting with you guys.
3: Well, that's interesting, Jeff. First of all, let me, let me give you kudos for listening to that because Nick was filibustering yesterday. I mean, he was going on and on and on. And it was easy to turn out. I think, you know, in 15 minutes, he answered about four questions. So uh, he was just deflecting left and right. So, yeah, good good for you picking up on that. Uh, yeah, I I mean, <laughs> they're playing. The, and by their playing, I mean the young guys. And, and if the veterans do play, it's going to be for a, a very short period. And then you're going to see the Milton Williams of the world and the Zach McPherson's and, 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 and such and so forth. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good position to be in. You get these guys some good um, it's an, it's an advantage for their development. Um, I think that makes the most sense. Uh, Nick has brought up in the earlier in the week that, He's only faced this circumstance once as an assistant coach when he was just starting out with Todd Haley, who, by the way, got a job with the USFL. Interesting. He dropped a Todd Haley reference and then he becomes, he's back. He's a USFL coach uh, yesterday. Um, and, he, and he mentioned that they, they started their guys. So he understands this rest versus rust argument. And. I think the league as a whole has changed since that time. I think we, we talk about this in the preseason when we're talking about, okay, who's going to play? or going to play? And seemingly more and more and more teams default to, to, we're not playing anybody because, again, we don't have the time we once did to prepare like we wanted to. So the goal has shifted from preparation almost to let's keep our key guys as healthy as possible for when it really, really counts. I certainly don't think that's going to change for the postseason, which is more important than a regular season, if you can get there. So I don't see that mentality shifting from the Eagles. And this, by the way, is an organizational decision. This isn't just Nick Sirianni. This is now Nota, This is Howie Roseman. This is Jeffrey Laurie. This is everybody. This is the sports science people telling them, now let's do this, let's do that
2: preservation over preparation is what you're talking about here. And yes, it's become prevalent in the national football league, even more so in other sports, the NBA. We, I had no, if somebody had told me load management, uh, 15 years ago, I yeah. thought it might've been a trip to the bathroom that you were talking about as a matter of fact, but now it is a significant sports term that we use a lot more so in the NBA than any other, but why couldn't it be applicable to the NFL? If there is a sport that deserves load management, it'd be the one where there's physical contact collisions on every single play. That's why I think you could actually use more load management than any other sports. So. Yeah. It's
3: interesting. The terminology They don't really use load management in the NFL. They use, you know, if you think about, you know, Fletcher Cox and all the veterans day and Lane Johnson and the maintenance days, they, they go that direction. But, uh, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same philosophy and you can thank Greg Popovich for it uh, more than anybody else with the San Antonio Spurs. Cause you know, they had their great run, and at the end of it, Tim Duncan was getting up there, and Tony Parker was getting up there, and it made a lot of sense. And, you know, oh, by the way, if you spent $300 to see Tim Duncan, uh, you know, you're SOL, as they say, if it was a load management day.
2: Right. And in the NFL, I don't know they spend – uh that kind of money to go see an interior alignment uh not gonna happen quarterbacks are a different animal we all know that uh so the nfl is different that way than the nba star players can come in any position any shape any form uh it is uh, it's certainly a different sport so they can use different terminology this is as i, I just called it preservation more than anything else you're trying to preserve the health of your players going into the most important games which is of course the postseason and you don't want to put them at risk and that's why I don't think we've got any chance to see Jalen Hurts this weekend I know he wants to play no one should be surprised if Jalen Hurts stepped up and said oh I'm playing I want to play I expect to play I got to continue to play yeah. well of course he does But it doesn't mean he has to play or he needs to play or is going to play. That decision, as you correctly pointed out just a second ago, is an organizational one. This isn't even just Nick Sirianni and his entire staff. This goes from top all the way down. We'll get a vote on this and be able to say some with more power than others. But this is something that's going to be decided by the Philadelphia Eagles. And I can't see a way. Do Do you see any way Jalen Hurts plays even like one possession or do you think he is completely uh, tied to the bench?
3: I could see him playing a possession or two if they want to, you know, introduce him as a starter before the game and get the big, you know, grandiose applause and the standing ovation and all that kind of pageantry and let the fans show their appreciation, similar to Jason Kelsey. I, the only way, I, the only reason I think Jason Kelsey is playing is because of his, um, his, his, his Yes, Yeah. Uh, that's it. I mean, similar thing. So just from that, I'd leave the door open a little bit uh, for, again, a series or two preseason like environment. And, and then you would pull them and get the other ovation. Um, and that would be more if you decided, Hey, let's, let's, let's do that for the whole team. You know, let's have Fletcher out there. Uh, if you let's uh, let's have everybody out there for a couple series and then pull them. I I could see very small, but very small way of going. I don't think it's worth it, but
4: yeah, you never know
3: if you put
2: him out there for one series and that's the series he rolls his ankle. How badly are you going to feel about it? I think they are are very much on the side of caution. And let me ask you about one specific position that they might not even have the choice of what they're going to do. And that's offensive line. Um, They're going to try and get Kelsey up. He's in COVID protocols right now working under the assumption that he can get cleared by early Saturday and they know he can go in the game he can get his start. He can play his series. They can get him out of there. Uh, But Lane did not practice again yesterday, even though uh, he's not in COVID protocol. Dickinson did not practice yesterday, even though he's not in COVID protocols. Herbig is in COVID protocols. Uh, Jordan Mailata is the only one who got any time on the offensive line as far as the quote-unquote starters go right now. Did they, they split them up? You made a good point earlier saying, well, if you're not going to play your left tackle, why would you play your right tackle? You either play one or the other or both, you know, split them up between the two. What is the Eagle offensive line going to look like after Jason Kelsey comes out, which we're assuming is going to be the case? What's it going to look like for the rest of the game?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. You would assume uh, Andre Gillard uh, would start at left tackle or play the majority of time. Uh, Raven Clark at right tackle would be my guess. Um, you know, it, I, maybe the most interesting would be the interior because they have at least, you know, do you play Nate Herbig at center? I think Nate's the one guy who would play, but then again, he got banged up. So, right, if he gets um, banged up and you need him to start next
2: week. If you get him hurt and he can't play next week, now you got to be able to replace him in a playoff game. Yeah. Does he fall under the same auspices of everybody else? Got to protect the starters at some point, get him out, or do you expect him to play every snap of the game? He,
3: he, he might only because of the injury, only because he's banged up. I think a normal, if he were healthy, I think he would be one that would be playing. But you do have, you know, they have Brett Toth, who, who has been working at center, um, When Jason has his maintenance days, even when he is practicing, uh, and he's been working at center a lot this week, Jack Anderson is there. Sue Opet is the one guy you know would play probably left guard. Um, So Jack Anderson can play center. Um, He can play guard. Uh, And then you have the guys on the practice squad. And, you know, Coyote, Iwasika, you could elevate him. He can play guard. He can play right guard. He can play uh, right tackle. Um, Luke Doriga is a center. He's back. He's on the practice squad, so you have those options as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, if they if they run for two hundred yards with with that grouping, you know, let's 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 start the statue. Of well, and
2: exactly, and uh, for for their offensive line coach. Which, by the way, to run for 200 yards, somebody's got to run. It can't just be the guys up front. Someone actually has to take the ball. And we don't even know who that's going to be yet. Other than we know for sure it's not going to be Miles Sanders. Will Jordan Howard be back off the COVID list? Will Boston Scott be back off the COVID list? Which of the guys are coming up from the practice squad to get some carries? Because you know that's happened. They, somebody's got to replace Miles Sanders. They're not going to go into the game with just Boston and Howard, who was, remember, banged up before he went on the COVID list. So we're looking at at least one practice squad replacement, if not two, for this weekend. All right. Uh, we are the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. It's a football Friday. That means it's time for game day, Kratz, our bud from Sports Illustrated. we got dueling Sports Illustrated guys today. McMahon's calling in the whole team today. It's like up off the practice squad to join him for this weekend's uh, Football Friday show. Ed Kratz will join us coming up in the next uh, couple of minutes. And a little bit later, uh, we'll get a uh, national football guy on uh, to talk about not only the Eagles, but the entire National Football League for this uh, upcoming weekend, because, yeah, we get Eagle-centric here. You know that's the case, and it should be because we are Birds 365, but there a whole bunch of games that are going to dictate who's going to be in the playoffs and the like, So or from Sports Illustrated is going to jump aboard. He wrote a uh, complimentary article about the Eagles on SI.com this week. We'll talk to him about that and all the other playoff action. But first things first, game day Kratz. Ed Kratz joins us next here on Birds 365.
5: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game.
6: Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Good
1: day, everyone. It's Joe Kraus from the Jacob Media Network here at Neck of the Woods. Uh, so excited to introduce Krause's coat check. A cold IPA, it's just an incredible thing. I'm in my 18th year of Krause's Coats and with Brian's help and uh, Frank coming together here at Neck of the Woods. Krause's Coat Check, a cold IPA, was born on this day. We'll celebrate it on January 11th, and everyone is invited to enjoy or to meet and experience the entire Jacob Media team. And also experience Krause's Code Check, a cold IPA. Gentlemen, a toast, I think, to you for producing Krause's Code Check here at Neck of the Woods. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
4: we got the
2: Mac-a-Mac guys here, Joey McDonald and uh, Scott McMullen on a football Friday on Bird's uh, 365. Uh, sometimes I hit this one right on the nose. Sometimes I need to be a little patient. I'm always wondering uh, when I should uh, set up our next guest because we have a scheduled time from the joint. And if you wait till they pop into the little uh, window that you know they're ready to go, then you ask them to wait on hold for three minutes. So I always try and guess as to what time would be best to promo uh, our next guest and get our short break in. Well, I almost said it. Kratz wasn't quite on time, but he isn't tremendously late, uh, so I don't know if I should give him a hard
8: time or not, but he looks ready. Hello, Red Kratz. <laughs> Jody, I had to restart my computer. You know the technical yeah, uh, technical. But J- Jody problems.
3: was in the private chat, looking at the private chat. You would see Ed will be right here. He's got to restart his computer. Oh, okay. Yeah, so no, that's on I, you. We can give I, you. Uh, we can give you a hard time.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I stay focused on the, the the actual what is on the air, uh, as, including <laughs> the phenomenal commercials for the Ocean Casino that we run here. Um, but I'm just busting your balls head. Um,
8: yeah, I'm wearing a uh, black shirt I, today, I, uh, too, By dude. the way,
2: if we're going to continue in that vein, <laughs> is this the week that Brandon Brooks shows up?
3: Oh, <laughs> got look at
2: Old the- score, McDonald. Yeah, yeah, well,
8: you know it's. Listen, they don't need Brandon Brooks, right? I mean, years past, you'd have been pleading for Brandon Brooks to come back, but their, their offensive line's been pretty darn good without him. But it's a weird situation with Brandon Brooks, I'll say. I, 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 I apologize for that, Ed. See,
2: it's just an, an innate thing in me. John took a shot at me, so I had to take a <laughs> shot back. And you happen to be in the way, so that's why you took the Brandon Brooks shots. So don't yeah. blame me. Blame McMullen. Okay, well,
3: well, you know, I'm used to that. By the way, yeah. everybody blames me for everything. More importantly, Ed, how much snow did you get? How much uh, you I want you to
8: be. You know, I haven't been out in it. I have to go out and shovel when I'm when I'm done here. Uh, but, did you uh, guys
3: get off easier? I think you guys got off easier than us again last week. Ed Kratz got nothing, and I'm <laughs> out there shoveling three times to get rid of this crap. Really.
2: I didn't yeah. even show All I did was clean off the cars and uh, I, got, I the, got like six. to take
3: the, care of the rest. I was in the swath that got like six inches. I had to Ooh. go out. Well, but I, you know, my wife had to, so I had to do it early. And we got to go or back six out. Today. Yeah. Right, what yeah. kind of
2: snow they're going to play in Saturday, you two guys, two uh, top flight <laughs> reporters. You should know exactly how many inches are going to fall within hours of the game.
3: <laughs> uh well I don't think it's gonna snow again, so this no. is it. I think that crack staff at Lincoln Financial Field will have everything uh cleared. Uh but who's gonna play Ed Kratz? That's the the most important issue. Nick Sirianni holding it close to the invest competitive advantage for nobody who wants to win the game. You did a story uh on si.com, backslash NFL, backslash Eagles, Eagle Maven. Uh, you did the job for him what should he do what are the main takeaways what should Nick Sirianni do
8: well breaking news John Uh, I'm playing Saturday night I don't know if you heard that but (laughs) I mean that's pretty much how it's going to work I think but you know if you if you look at what Nick's done in his first year going back to training camp I mean he always was cognizant of players health and their safety you know with the sometimes hour-long training camp practices
3: just to keep his Yeah, goal. how about those? We forget about those. Yeah. yeah,
8: and then he didn't really play anybody in the preseason, so I don't expect him to play, you know, too many key people, uh, but it, the advantage or the disadvantage now is he only has, you know, 60 players really to, to kind of pick from. Back in the summer when he could, could do these things, he had a roster of 90 players, um, but now he's got fewer players, so he's going to have to play some guys. Um, I don't expect him to play these guys very long. I I think he'll try to limit as many snaps as he can with some of his key players. And if you identify who some of those key players are, I I mean, you know, obviously the, the, the main ones are Jason Kelsey. I think you throw him out there, keep that consecutive uh, streak alive for games played in a row, but I don't think you play him very long, but then who's your backup center? I mean, Nate Herbig has been struggling with a, a knee injury. He's popped up on the, the injury report a few times. I mean, you could play Luke Jariga if you bring him up from the practice squad or, I mean, the Eagles have those 12 players on the COVID list, so they can make some moves with the roster or their practice squad roster, which I expect them to do. I, those 12 players that are on the COVID list. I'm not sure any of those guys are going to play, you know, maybe Kelsey, like I said, you activate him and you let him keep that uh, games played streak together. Uh Devonte Smith, I think you let him get his 38 yards that he needs to break Deshaun Jackson's record uh, for rookie receiving yards. You know, albeit it'll be in 17 games versus the 16 that Deshaun did it back in 2008 when he had 912 of them. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think you really pair back on the snaps and outside the obvious, you know, you're you're veteran guys. You, you really have to look at the safety position, too. I mean, you're very thin back there, but Upsy. you got up yeah, but he's pretty valuable. But you can afford he to have anything happen to an Anthony Harris or a Rodney McLeod because
3: you just don't have the depth there. But then Well now, you know, real quick, he, Ed, he, uh, let me let me break in real yeah. quick because I before you came on, sure. I was thinking about this and I told Jody you, you mentioned Devontae Smith. He might be the most interesting of all for this reason. He should play. He's a young player. You mentioned even, you know, he can break the team record. You want to get that done. Um, as a rookie receiver for yardage. But man, if, if he sprains his ankle, I mean, there is not a bigger drop-off, I don't think, in any position. I don't think Devontae is their best player at this point, uh, certainly an ascending player. I think he's going to be a great player. But the drop-off at wide receiver from Devontae Smith to everybody else on this team is so cavernous. I don't know if I can risk putting them out there. I like
8: that. Cavernous. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a very cavernous
3: drop from Smitty to uh, the rest of the receiving was Watkins would be wide receiver one uh, in a playoff game. Uh, yeah. You're not setting up Jalen hurts to succeed with that. I, I agree with you, but listen, I mean, Devontae
8: has been relatively healthy. You know, we've seen with the elbow sleeve on and, you know, I know he's, you know, had that elbow issue that really hasn't cost him any time, so you're just gonna have to, you know, cross your fingers. And he wants to play, you know, obviously, yeah, he definitely wants to play, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, you know, I, have, I think that maybe they don't get him the record. I would, you know, from a fan standpoint, I would think you'd want to see him get the record. Um, he didn't get it last week, so yeah, there is that caveat is okay, this is what he did in 16 games. was, 38 yards short. It's still the second most receiving yards from a rookie since Deshaun Jackson, a slightly more than Jordan Matthews. People forget Jordan Matthews, uh, I think, had 872 yards receiving in his rookie year of 2014. He came close. He also had eight touchdown catches that season. Devontae's got five, but yeah, I would like to see this be more of a, you know, JJ Ortega-Whiteside, get him some targets. Uh, Jalen Rager could certainly use, you know, a few targets, Uh, even play John Hightower, you know, a guy that's been on the practice squad all season, had a bit of a role last year, hasn't had one this year, get him some targets too. So I wouldn't have a problem if they sat Devontae Smith because you fear the, the twisted ankle or whatever it is. And let's face it, his body frame was a big concern coming out of Alabama, you know, the 160 pounds thing, but he's answered the bell on that. He's been healthy. Uh, But, yeah, I I, I could see them not playing him and trying to get some targets for some of these other guys.
2: All right, Ed Kratz, I'm going to put you to the test with your uh, uh, crystal ball looking into the future with a hypothetical question. This is my favorite stuff. Uh, Gardner Minshew plays real well. Same level, maybe even better than he did against the Jets when he got his one other start uh, this year. What effect does that have? on the way the Eagles continue to judge Jalen Hurts. If for the second time, someone other than Jalen steps in and looks real good with the offense, and it's kind of a piecemeal offense at that, if we've got the right read and Sirianni is uh, going to take discretion as the better part of valor. Does it increase Gardner Minshew's trade value? So during the offseason, Howie Roseman can take a victory lap after trading a player for a six and a year later coming back and getting a four in exchange for him. Or does it mean nothing at all? I
8: uh, yeah, I think it means something, sure. Uh, it, it could also work the other way. What if he comes out and doesn't have a very good game, throws two or three interceptions, and then his value decreases. But here's the thing, Jody, I am not sure how much I'd even play Gardner Minshew in this game because should something We're
3: happen. See and Nets. You're getting down oh. to Reeds and Net.
8: I, I would play Min I'm not saying I would sit Minshew entirely, but you know, I'm not sure I'd go more than a quarter or two with Minshew in there. And I don't know if I'd and, have Jalen
2: Hurts the... has to be inactive. If you're going Whoa. there, if you're yeah, yeah. contemplating Reed Sunette getting into the game, that means Jalen Hurts should be in civvies for yeah. the game, that he shouldn't even be active. And, oh, I... by the way, you guys will get it during uh, the afternoon on Saturday. It'll be the best inactive list the Eagles have had all year. There's going <sighs> to be a bunch of talent on that. You're suggesting the starting quarterback will be on the inactive list.
8: Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, well, I, I wow. wouldn't play – Jalen hurt. I mean, he, he looked healthy against Washington. He made that great run early, you know, he really cut hard upfield on his left uh, ankle. That was the issue. But Sirianni said afterward, we all know that he has an ankle problem and uh, why would you put him out there? uh, To be honest, I mean, another guy that wants to play, I'm sure. uh, But why? And then, then you go with Minshew and then you want to keep him healthy, right? And then you give Reed Sinet some some work, just like wow. Ed Peterson did in the regular season finale when he put oh, Don't Sunfield go with
2: the there. unstoppable Nate Sunfield. Unstoppable. Don't go there, Ed Kraft.
3: <laughs> well, he's right. It's happened before. Ed's right. That that's interesting. I, you know, I've had my mind. It's going to be a Gardner Minshew day. You know, it, the NHL has that rule to have that. You know, forty three year old guy who's the uh, emergency goaltender they have to bring up every once in a while maybe jake prom can get that job and he can go from team to team uh because we might see some jake prom like ability uh i don't know anything about reed sinette but boy that 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 would be uh more likely than not some ugly football i hope we get to see Gardner Minshew. yeah
8: i hope i hope we get to see reed sinette and listen i I don't want to come back on this show next week for a playoff game, Jody, and you bust my chops about <laughs> saying that I said Reed Sonette was going to play because I'm not saying that. I'm just no, okay. I'm just,
2: just checking it. Uh,
8: okay, okay. Uh, don't
2: just... want to go down to Brandon Brooks Road again. I understand why you wouldn't <laughs> want to do that. Um, all right, let's look at the opposition. We certainly always uh, focus most on the Eagles, but the Cowboys are coming it to down. And as uh, Johnny correctly pointed out in the first segment, A couple of guys have shown up on their COVID list. A couple of key guys have shown up on their COVID list. Michael Parsons, uh, Teron Smith, um, both later than when the Eagles got the guy on the COVID list, which means it's almost 100% that they're not going to be able to play this week. Happenstance, hey, when you get it, you get it. There's nothing you can do to uh, control it. Or were the Cowboys like the Eagles going, yeah, we could just have an explanation as to why we're not playing some of our uh, best guys after the owners come out and said, we need to be playing winning football going into the, uh, the, the, playoffs. Well, or we can just let them test positive and then we don't have to explain to anybody why they didn't play uh, Surprised that a couple of Cowboy stars ended up on the COVID list this week. And uh, I'm, I'm suggesting that neither one of them had the test that they probably chose to test.
8: Yeah, and again, long-term-wise, now they don't have to test again. Once they test positive coming out of this protocol – I'm sorry, negative uh, coming out of the protocols, then they don't have to test for 90 days. So that ensures that they'll be available throughout whatever playoff run the Cowboys, like the Eagles, will make. And if anybody wants to play this week, I'm sure it's Micah Parsons because he grew up two hours west of here, of Philadelphia, in Harrisburg. So you would think he would have loved to have come home and played and you know, kind of – nearby where he grew up, but he's not going to play because you said he got put on the list late in the week. So I would fully expect he's not going to be even in town. Uh, He might be in town, but I I doubt it. Uh, You know, Keanu Neal's on that list. He's a guy that I like a lot. Mailey Cooker, a safety. I think he's on that list too. I mean, they have some guys on defense that won't play in this game. Um, and, And how much your starters like Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory and Leighton Vander Esch, you know, how much will they play? Who knows? I mean, Mike McCarthy said earlier in the week that they're coming here to to win, as you should, and Nick Sirianni said that on Thursday also, that they're, they're playing to win the game. Um, but you're playing in the win with guys that you're aren't. Playing to win
2: the game, game. with Reed that as per Ed Kratz.
3: Yeah, you're playing. That's how that. they're going to win oh, see, here we, here we go. You, there you, we went go. Down, you went down the wormhole. Uh <laughs> Anthony Brown also probably I'm not wearing going my to green play. shirt
8: next week, Jody. Just there you do, go. in the green shirt.
3: <laughs> Anthony Brown wanted Travon Diggs, is now on yep. the injury Diggs. report. So, yeah. you know, you don't have and to worry Tony about that. You, you don't have go. to worry about the uh, Gardner Minshew pick six. Travon Diggs <laughs> probably isn't going to play. Yeah. Um,
8: Diggs, Diggs really used that Eagles game as kind of a springboard to a, you know, one of the best seasons by a cornerback ever took that throw from Jalen hurts, 59 yards to the house.
3: He's a, he's a playmaker, but he uh, he was, he was picking on, I think he was picking off everybody before Hurts, So you can't blame Jalen for that. Yeah.
8: Might've been Um, his first
3: pick six of the season. though. Might've been. been. He's had a phenomenal year. He's got tremendous ball skills um, and he, he can make plays that just turn the tide of the game. So, um, it, it is going to be interesting to see how both teams handle it. It does seem like the Cowboys have come to their senses as well. It's just not worth it. There's no. a little chance in, to jockey for seating for both teams and improve your lot in life, but let's talk about that lot because this game is, as we said, shaping up as not much more than Eagles, Cowboys in name only. So let's look ahead to the playoffs. Head, you got four potential options. The Buccaneers are the most likely. Um, Cardinals, actually, Cardinals and Cowboys are the least likely. Uh, so it's probably going to be Buccaneers or LA Rams. But of the four teams, who do you think the Eagles would have the best chance at? Who do you think they would have the worst chance of beating?
8: Well, I think based on the way the Cardinals are playing, and I know there's a limited percent that they play the Cardinals I would want to play the Cardinals because of the way they're playing there I think they're two and three in their last five games they've you know they have some injuries there that they're dealing with Kyler Murray hasn't been the same quarterback as he was earlier in the year and I just think it would be really cool to see Zach Ertz in a playoff situation That's true. Up from the other yeah, side, that would, that would be, be cool that would be a neat thing to see a great storyline certainly to, to write about um but uh that would be my number one pick the Cardinals, but I don't think that's going to happen. And then, and then I think, gosh, I, I don't, I don't, like the Rams matchup at all. Uh, I, you know, I think having to go all the way out to the West coast advantage LA uh, you know, they're built for this moment, you know, they loaded up with all these dream team like players that uh, are now in the playoffs. And I think the Rams are, are, are probably the best team in the NFC not named Green Bay, and I'm not even sure Green Bay is the best team. I think the Rams are in the NFC, so I, I'm not sure I want to play the Rams. And then you could say, well, okay, how about the Bucks? Then, then you still have Tom Brady, and he's the reigning Super Bowl champion. And until somebody beats him, he is still that. But I think I'd want to play the Bucks just because,
3: <laughs> I, I, just because I
8: know all so- week.
3: Jody, it's piling up. The information is piling up. Everybody's picking the box, not just you. You guys are all crazy. Who do you
8: like, Jody? Who do you want to see them play?
3: No, the only – it's not who
2: I want to see. It's who I don't want to see. And his name's Tom Brady. Yeah. And you don't uh, tug on Superman's cape. Yeah. And you and others, at least – at least you didn't put them as the number one choice. At least you put the Cardinals in at number one. We've had people come out and say, My number one choice to play would yeah. be Tampa Bay, I don't which agree I think with is that. Yeah. asinine, to be honest with you. Uh, he's the guy who I don't want. Here's how I would break it down Eagles are going to be an underdog no matter who they play next week. Going to Arizona, 45-55 55-45 split. Cardinals will be favorite. If they go to L.A., which you mentioned, the Rams are pretty good and they loaded up all the – pushed all the chips in today, whatever. But the Eagles do win in L.A. They've done well going out to L.A. the last couple of years. I know this is a different group, different coach, so how much emphasis do you put on that? Not a lot, but it's worth noting that they do travel out well to L.A. I'd say maybe a 25 30% chance to beat the Rams. Cowboys, same thing, 25 I rate the Cowboys and the Rams right about the same. Chance to beat Tom Brady, two. 2%. 98-2, wow,
3: beat 2%. the Eagles. I'd like you're going all in like less need. Jody just put all the chips in the middle of the table. <laughs> and I'm betting on Tom Brady. Yeah.
2: I think that's a pretty solid bet.
3: Oh, right, well, usually it is. He, what,
2: what do you do with it's aces? not about Tom oh, Brady, That it's takes all... a lot of thinking to split aces. That would be
3: the way I would look at Tom Brady in the playoffs. To me, it's not about Tom Brady. It's about the supporting cast right now. I I mean, if Tom Brady was uh, with his entire group that started the season, was the reigning Super Bowl champions, yeah, I agree with you. That They're Lincoln Oil. They're Lincoln yeah. Oil right now. And, and they have some issues, off the field issues as well with Antonio Brown. Uh, you know. I, I'm not saying it's likely by any stretch of the imagination that the Eagles go in and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I, I would rather face Tampa Bay than the Rams or Dallas. Now, not Arizona. Keep I want on, Cliff, keep give me, give on me, Ramscape. give me Cliff Kent, Kingsbury ahead. every day of the week and twice on Sunday. That's who I want to. And even though Arizona's got a ton of playmakers, yeah. but I just think the head coach limits them. Uh, A little bit. That's my
2: perspective. When Cyril Grayson goes six catches for Cyril Grayson, Cyril Grayson goes six catches for a buck twenty-two and a touchdown against the Eagles. Just remember who lifted him to that level. His name's Tom Brady.
8: Well, then we'd need Tyree Jackson to go for five and ninety. If that,
3: if you're picking, well, Tom, you know, Jody has a point in that great quarterbacks uh, elevates and they do turn. And that's been one of my issues uh, with with other quarterbacks at times. And you say you, you make excuses and you say, well, he doesn't have playmakers. And before everybody screams, I'm not talking specifically about Jalen Hurts. But there are certain guys that really elevate the Allen Lazards of the world and the Marquez Baldez Scantlings of the world who are no better then Quez Watkins and well, they might be better than Jalen Rager. I digress there, but uh yeah, there are there are certain quarterbacks that can elevate uh receivers and, and Tom is certainly one of them. But boy, you know, I I don't I don't want to have to cover uh Cooper Cup or Amari Cooper or CD Lamb. They they scare me more, even yeah. so yeah, the the Rams do have a lot of
8: weapons but you know and listen Tampa I mean it, you're going to play a good team no matter who you yeah. play yeah
3: I mean you can't get around it you're going to play a good team
8: Tampa does have the tight ends and now I expect them to be more tight end based I guess with uh, you know Chris Godwin out and, and Antonio Brown yeah streets but you know and Rob let's Grun- look at Kowski, it so Cameron- so great.
3: when is the last time you mentioned we're talking about okay Kyler Murray we're talking about Matthew Stafford We're talking about Dak Prescott. We're talking about Tom Brady. So if we go down, I'm looking at the Eagles' schedule. So we'll go backwards. Taylor Heineke, Jake Fromm, Garrett Gilbert, Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, Trevor Simeon, Teddy Bridgewater, and then you get back to Justin Herbert, uh, who is a legitimate, I think, top five quarterback in this league already. Uh, certainly, maybe you could, you know, certainly grasping at that level, at least. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks. Two months they haven't faced a quarterback like they are going to face um, in the playoffs. Um, now, they might see Dak for a little bit, but uh, so you you throw that into the mix as well. What are we going to learn about this team? Uh, Good, bad, win, loss, indifference. Uh, Are are we going to learn a lot about the defensive side of the football uh, in that playoff game? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's
8: anything that we don't already know. Um, The the Eagles need help on defense. Let's face it. You know, they're they're shorthanded there. And I know they've got this streak of five straight games holding opponents under 18 points. And Uh, That's all well and good, but you you just went through that list of quarterbacks there and not very good. And, you know, when you play a better quarterback, that's going to be tested that, you know, they're going to put points on the board. You would think no matter who it is, Brady, Stafford, Dak, Kyler Murray, the the defense needs help. And that's not going to arrive until the offseason, but they need help, in my opinion, on every level the line, the linebacker play and the back end with the safeties and a cornerback. And, you know, that's not going to magically get better when you face one of these better quarterbacks. So I firmly expect to not really learn something new. We're just going to kind of see what we saw early in the season, that this defense is going to be under stress and it's going to be up to, you know, some of your veteran players to find a way to make a stop when you can, you know, a Fletcher Cox, or even a Josh sweat who has stepped up uh, and made some big plays Uh, this season when needed. Uh, But, you know, you need your Darius Slays and your your Rodney McLeod's to make plays. And um, if they can do that, they'll find a way to win, I think, in in the playoffs. But the question is, can they do it with what's around them? And I'm not sure they can. Um, I like the fact that they can run the ball to keep quarterbacks off the field and kind of control the clock a little bit. Um, That might play into their favor. But yeah, I think it's going to be a stress for the defense. And it's what we saw back in September and October when you're playing the Mahomes and the Derek cars and the Herberts and all these other good quarterbacks that they played Brady, you know, rematch with Brady. Uh, it, it's going to be hard for the defense in my opinion, but there are ways you can, you can get around it by running the ball and controlling the clock. So that's all going to have to work hand in hand because this defense needs help. It still does. I mean, in my opinion, even though it's played well, They still need help on that side of the ball. And one of the things that the Eagle fans like to do, and I know this from doing my WIP shows and
2: getting feedback from the Eagle fans and listening to those shows and like is they like the second guest, Jonathan Gannon. That's a uh, standard operating procedure this year in Eagles football here in week number 18, anything is Gannon going to do anything or is this just going to be, we got our philosophy. It's going to be backup players. Plug them in. Uh, believe that what you've been working on all year will work here. We're not going to learn anything new from Jonathan Gannon. here on the last game of the season, are we?
8: No, I don't think so. Um, you know, we saw him do a little bit more blitzing down in Washington. We saw him, uh, you know, change a little bit. Some of his philosophy as the the season's going on. And he, he says he doesn't really have a scheme. Everything's kind of week to week game planning. So I don't think we're going to see anything different. I think he's just going to probably play it as straight up as he can uh, and just be ready to get into the playoffs and then maybe throw a few monkey wrenches in there. But as far as Saturday night goes, no, I think it's just going to be a straight-up defense, maybe vanilla kind of a preseason-type look uh, in terms of how he calls things and just see if his guys can win one-on-one matchups.
3: All right, last one from me, Ed, and everybody Read Ed Kratz, and myself, if you'd like to, at SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles or the easier route, eagledmaven.com. But uh, we haven't talked about the quarterback. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Jalen Hurts, and it's been a week-to-week thing. Is he the guy? Isn't he the guy? I think it's always been about – He's the guy until you can find somebody better. And right now, there doesn't seem to be a path to find anyone better. Um, and he has sort of solidified his spot as the starting quarterback on his on this team. His teammates love him. Uh, he's a natural leader. Uh, people are drawn to him. Um, are you surprised by how well Jalen Hurts has played this season?
8: Uh, not really. I mean, I just think we all looked at him coming into this season thinking that he needed to improve. And I think we've seen improvement, you know, every day, week to week, I think he has gotten better. If you look at, to me, he's not really locking in on the same receiver, kind of like he was earlier in the year. He comes, I'd like to see him do a better job of that, but he does come off receivers a little better. I like how the fact now is he stays in the pocket a little bit longer, he's not as quick to get out of there like he was earlier in the season. And then when he does get out of the pocket in the beginning of the year when he was doing that, he wasn't really making any plays. He was looking to run or there was nobody open, and he would just kind of force something or throw it away. Now you see him making scramble plays, throwing the ball on third and 14 when he's rolling right to Greg Ward down inside the five. Uh, We saw it a few times with other receivers. Uh, He's making plays when he's outside the pocket now. Um, so yeah, I think he's gotten better and I think he will be the quarterback in 2022. And th- I'm pretty sure st- I'm confident enough to say, yeah, he will be the quarterback in 22 because where is better going to come from? You know, they're not going to trade for Russell Wilson. I'm sure. Cause Wilson won't want to come here. Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play here. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to come here. And then if you look at the draft, is there a quarterback coming into the league that can do better than Jalen Hurts? I I don't think so and I think what should give Eagles fans hope is that Jalen Hurts will return to the same offense for the second straight year for the first time in his last six seasons when he went to Alabama he had three different offensive coordinators he went to the Oklahoma played for Lincoln Riley he came into the NFL and played for Doug Peterson and now here he is uh, in his first year with Nick Suriani. So I think if you allow him another season to grow within the same offense, a chance, something he hasn't had a chance to do uh, in six seasons, I, I think that should be encouraging that, yeah, he can get better. I don't think he's at his ceiling yet. Um, I'd like to see him obviously become a better passer, make more plays from inside the pocket, but his ability to move and run and keep defenses honest with playing the run Has given him time to develop as a passer and uh you know he'll be the quarterback in 22 in in my opinion two-part question part
2: one either of the two of you can answer since you're both eel beat reporters Mm -hmm. after the game is played Mm -hmm. on saturday when do you next have your media availability with nick sirianni is it sunday because it's the day after does it go to monday because that's the usual day uh, or do you guys have any clue? Because I know the Eagles don't always give you advance notice of when you might have the chance to do your jobs.
3: Yeah, my guess is it will be – and the answer is the latter of what you said, Jody. My guess is it will be Monday. It will be that's Monday? Just a, that's just a guess. All right. Yeah. And then
2: here's the question for Ed. On Monday, let's say the Eagles get beat 31-10 <clears throat> to 10 this week. They just get their tails kicked. Uh, It's not a competitive game. Can you just on Monday move right past it? Is your question going to be about who we by that time know they're going to match up in the first round of the playoffs? That would be two tail kickings by the Dallas Cowboys in a year. That doesn't go over well with the Eagle faithful. And the coach isn't going to be able to just push it off as, hey, we start a bunch of guys. We protect them. No, coach, you told us leading up to the game. It's all about winning. That the whole team is prepared to win that it's what we've done for 17 weeks to build this foundation. You can't then in hindsight say, well, yeah, we protected a lot of guys that didn't play any of our players. What happens if they get their ass kicked by the Cowboys?
8: I think you turn the page. And I think that's what would happen by letting him wait till Monday, no matter how Saturday turns out, I think he's going to talk Monday because then we'll know who they're playing. And I think, yeah, you want to play to win. And yeah, okay, you got swept by Dallas and you got hammered both times. But unless you're playing Dallas in the wild card round, it doesn't really matter and it shouldn't matter. You just turn the page and you go into the playoffs and, and then you, you go from there. And, you know, maybe you use that as a you know, kind of a motivational point if you're Nick Siriani. Hey, we got our butts kicked. We got to come out and play better. Like Washington did when they went down to Dallas and lost by 42. They came out and and laid it out there against the Eagles the following week, and almost beat the Eagles. So, I think that's how you look at it: is well, let's just turn the page, man. It's a new season. Everybody's zero and zero, right? Zero and zero, and you go into the playoffs, and you, and you line up. And I, and to be honest, I think the Eagles have already started planning for a playoff game this week. You know, ah,
3: keep your keep your feet. <laughs> What are, what does JG say?
8: <laughs> yeah, JJ. I asked him about that, and he's like, "Oh, you got to be where your feet are, Ed." So, uh, <laughs> um, I, that's that's all lip service, in my opinion. If yeah. you're not looking ahead to Tampa or, or LA because they're the two teams you're probably going to play one of those two teams, then you're not doing your uh,
3: you know you're not doing your job the right way. You have to be looking ahead to what oh, they're that. they're they're looking ahead. Sure, the quality control guys breaking down film of all four of those potential teams yeah yeah but yeah but they'll say be where your feet are be yeah, where cause... your feet are which will be in the snow probably as soon as you get off uh with yeah. us I think,
8: right? <laughs> you're absolutely right about that john and remember
2: this name for about 10 days from now you've probably heard of it before Lavion bell another player that Tom Brady will resurrect from the dead to make a big play against the Eagles in the first round of the playoffs. But Ed Kratz, like John uh, McMullen, like Paul Dom, which like every other knucklehead analyst we had on the show over the last week <laughs> and Jay said, yeah, bring on Tampa Bay. Let's let's get a shot at Brady. No, I said Antonio bring Brown on. threw his gloves into the stand. How can they bounce back from that?
3: Now, Ed, no, I said bring on Cliff Kingsbury. I said yeah. if it's if it's a choice between uh what Dallas can bring or the Rams then I say bring on the injured team. Not yeah. bring on Tom Brady. Bring Me on too. the affected you team. Can't
2: bring on the injured team without bringing Tom Brady with them. And kind of well, goes with the deal.
8: Wow. Well, uh, I I say Arizona, but if I had to pick between the Rams and the Bucks, if it was just those two teams, give me Tom Brady. Let's tug on Superman's cape, dip yeah. into let's the spit wind. Yeah. In
3: the wind, yeah. Yeah,
8: all let's that Jim Burchy stuff from 1972. Uh, I don't know how many fans out
3: there let's remember skip Jim time time. to Give bother time a call. Uh yeah. we're going to uh, we're going to
2: rename the show to Mac and the uh, Masochists for all the rest of you guys <laughs> who want a piece of Tom Brady. Uh Eddie K, thank you very much. Are you going out to shovel? Are you going to oh, yeah. uh, break down film on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so that you can give Nick Sirianni <laughs> some insights how you beat the GOAT? What are you going to do with the next two hours of your life?
8: Well, I'm going to shovel and think about how to beat Tom Brady, and then I'll put those thoughts into words and, you know, see if he'll listen. But, yeah, shoveling snow. As soon as I get off, it's the, you know, the long underwear goes on, the boots, everything, and you won't even recognize me. I have a hat on, scarf, because it's cold Smart and it's windy, and it's snowy out there
2: smart Ugh. man ed kratz appreciate you hopping on board thanks bud all
8: right thanks fellas
2: game day kratz here with us on birds 365. all right john mcmahon jody mcdonald come back we'll break down uh, the cowboy game coming up on saturday why we're not sure but we got to do it they're going to play it we got to talk about it week 18 uh, and then we will get to the game which is more important the playoff game which is next week and along those lines other key matchups in the nfl this weekend uh, some of which may affect who the Eagles are going to play in the playoffs. Uh, we're going to get Conor Orup, uh, national columnist for Sports Illustrated. Did write an article about the Eagles' offense this week for SI, but I uh, am interested in talking to Connor about all the key games across the league this week.
5: Keep it right here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight tears.
6: Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the wins. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Good
1: day, everyone. It's Joe Krause from the Jacob Media Network here at Neck of the Woods. Uh, so excited to introduce Krause's Coat Check, a cold IPA. It's just an incredible thing. I'm in my 18th year of Krause's Coats and with Brian's health and uh, Frank coming together here at Neck of the Woods. Krause's Coat a cold IPA, was born on this day. We'll celebrate it on January 11th, and everyone is invited to enjoy or to meet and experience the entire Jacob Media team and also experience Krause's Coat a cold IPA. Gentlemen, a toast, I think, to you producing Rousey's Coat Check here at Neck of the Woods. Cheers.
2: John McMullen, and Jody McDonald. Your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We're less than uh, just over two days from... Oh, excuse me. Less than just over 24 hours from when the Eagles and Cowboys uh, will kick it off uh, on a Saturday NFL game. A Saturday night NFL game. And Johnny Mac just loves the night games. So this is right up his alley.
3: On a Saturday night, too, Jody. Man, I, I... I, I don't even know. I'm like, it's Friday and I got to go to a football game tomorrow. I thought about that this morning. I'm like, wow, well, I'm not, you know, I got to get I got to get ready for this thing. See,
2: and I would think your your bigger issue would be, what the hell do you do with yourself on a Sunday? A Sunday is, it's in your DNA to be prepping for a Well, Sunday game. you still
3: got the games though. You still got the rest of the playoff right. picture. So, and So
2: will you just be on the couch uh, letting your wife lavish you with snackies from 12 no, o'clock. No, that's not going to happen.
3: No, I'll be trying to fend off the wife from telling me to do stuff, trying to explain to her that, oh, no, the Eagles aren't playing, but there's still stuff I have to pay attention to, which I told you this before. After uh, two decades, she still doesn't believe me. She's never going to believe me. But it, I'm, I'm telling the truth, uh, you know. I'm not lying.
2: Yeah, and Even as an Eagle Beat guy, yeah, you got to know what the hell else is going on yeah. in the National Football League. Uh, I, if you need me to talk to your wife, I'll talk to her for you. I don't think it'll do any good, but I'm volunteering my services. i will uh, just assume. What you, oh, by the way, I, I apologize for this. I don't know your wife's name. Your wife's name is? Uh, uh, Debbie. Debbie, you, Debbie, you, Debbie, you, Debbie, Debbie, yeah. Debbie. Listen, John has got a blind spot. He doesn't acknowledge that Tom Grady is the greatest quarterback of all time. He needs to learn more. Even though Tom Brady's been playing 20-some-odd years in the National Football League, John hasn't figured out that you want to avoid playing him. Maybe, just maybe, if he watches him this week, it will finally sink in. So do me a favor. Be compassionate. Be, be understanding. Let him watch the Bucks kick the snot out of the Panthers this week. And maybe, uh, John won't look foolish on. Yeah, t- Well,
3: minutes. you're, you're assuming there's a baseline of football knowledge. She, she knows who Tom Brady is. But, there you go. Uh, yeah. That's but, enough. Uh, That's all
2: she needs.
3: Yeah. That, uh, that probably, you know, hardcore football talk's not going to win the day in that, <laughs> in that argument. <laughs> all
2: right. Let's get back to hardcore football talk. Um, Eagles running game, John, coming up this week. Uh, We know that Kenneth Gainwell should be good to go. I'd actually like to see Kenneth Gainwell get the ball a little bit more in a running position rather than just a third down, make plays out of the backfield kind of guy for educational purposes for next year. What kind of a load can he carry in an Eagle running game going forward if you uh, want to increase the number of carries he gets because he doesn't get many. And I don't believe that was you, know, you. Remember, we all should turn the clock back to Week One, where it was um, their number one back, and who is now their number four back, or number one and number two. Miles Sanders was number one. Kent Gainwell was number two to start the year. Oh yeah, he was the change of back, change of pace guy. Uh, Jordan Howard was on the practice squad, a complete afterthought, and Boston Scott was like the guy without a position. He was the third forgotten man sitting on the bench. So Ken Gainwell's going to get a chance to uh, show off, uh, show up and show off a little bit this week, which I'm, I'm kind of excited to see. But other than that, what the hell's going to happen? We know Miles Sanders isn't playing with a broken hand, but we don't know what Boston Scott availability is going to be. We don't know what Jordan Howard availability is going to be. We're assuming they're calling at least one guy up from the practice squad. How do you think the running game is going to look by the time game time rolls around at eight o'clock on Saturday?
3: Yeah. I I, I mean, the, you mentioned it's going to be a lot of Kenneth Gainwell. And I think it's going to be Jason Huntley and carry Johnson. I, I don't uh, you know, Boston Scott's dealing with a little bit of a knee issue. Jordan Howard's dealing with uh, the shoulder stinger as well as the COVID issues. It's one of those things that, you know, from my perspective, if there's any issue, if there's any physical issue, you know, err on the side of caution and say, all right, we're going to shut this guy down, especially guys um, that are going to be a big part of your plan uh, offensively, whomever you're going to play. Uh, now the Eagles probably have a better indication of whether or not it's realistic, uh, for Miles Sanders to be back for the playoffs. I mean, to me, it seems like a long shot, um, you know, especially after surgery, but we don't know the the indication of pins or anything of that nature. I haven't seen that anywhere. So, you know, people have done it before. It's not like it's, it's not possible, uh, but it seems like a long shot to me. If it is a long shot, if I'm right, and he's not going to play, well, then both of those guys, Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, are going to be a very big part of your uh, game plan for the playoffs. If Miles is able to play, um, Boston Scott probably kind of falls off a little bit. It's not going to be a big part of the offense. So, you know, they have a better feel if Miles Sanders is going to be back. And if he's not going to be back, then you better take care of Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. And and that's why I think you have to err on the side of caution.
2: I agree with your overall take, except for uh, one thing. Boston um, Scott has a notes for the end zone. I got a call Monday, Tuesday, nine WFP. I don't remember what it was um, that the Eagles really needed a, Big 250-pound guy down by the end zone. They don't have it on this team. It's one of the missing things that the Eagles are missing. Uh, They got to give the ball to poor old little Boston Scott. I'm good with giving the ball to Boston Scott. The guy is tremendous inside the five. Our buddy Ruben uh, Frank had a great stat. Um, Now, don't quote me on this because I don't have it in front of me, but I'm trying to remember it as best I can. In... The last three years, Boston Scott has gotten a handoff inside the five-yard line 12 times. He's gotten into the end zone seven out of 12. He's got the ability to find the little crevice to make the play. This last game, to go airborne, to score the touchdown. I'm perfectly fine with Boston Scott scoring touchdowns. I know Miles Sanders is still waiting for his first touchdown, which... I'm sure it isn't making Miles very happy, but if the team is winning and they're going to the playoffs, which means they're winning enough, Miles Sanders should be able to get over it. And yeah, oh, by the way, they get down by the five. Even if Miles got them all the way down to the five, I'm perfectly happy giving the ball to Boston Scott and saying, do what you do, buddy. Find a way into the end zone.
3: Well, a couple things there. You know, is Jordan Howard healthy? If Jordan Howard's healthy, I don't know what he's talking about. Two hundred fifty pounds. There might be one. I mean, Corey Dillon. I mean, Jordan Howard is that back you're talking about. He's the between the tackles, always going forward, always pushing the pile. I mean, he is that back uh, that your caller was talking about, and he's more um, more equipped long term to be that uh, sort of short yardage back. But if you just look about the Eagles in general, and, and Boston, I, I said this about Darren Sproles for years as well. When people would say Darren Sprouls is small, I would say he's not small. He's short. Same thing with Boston Scott. He's not small. He's short. Uh, they're both very powerful. It's almost eerily similar. They're both pound for pound, two of the strongest people on the Eagles at the times when they're playing in the weight room. They're both very big into uh, – power lifting and 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 things of that nature. So their lower bodies are are massive. So that helps them down at the goal line. It always helped Darren. It helps Boston as well. The other thing that helps and Nick has talked about, you know, you see five foot six Boston's got well you don't see five foot six Boston Scott because he's behind a wall of six foot eight, uh Jordan Milatus, six foot six, Lane Johnson, six foot five. Uh, Landon Dickerson on and on and on. I mean, you can't even see him uh to figure out what hole he's picking. So that helps. That's helpful. But to my larger point before Jerry, I'm just going by how this team is, you know, when, when miles got hurt the first time, you know, Boston played. And then when he came back, he didn't play. And then when Jordan hurt, he played. And, you know, when miles and Jordan are there, he hasn't played. Uh, since you know the first miles sanders injury uh and when they needed him to play he has performed at a very high level and i think he deserves a lot of credit for it but you know this this team this coaching staff clearly sees him at this stage as the third running back behind miles sanders or jordan howard so if those guys are ready to go they're going to be the guys. is all I'm trying to say. But I and they they have a better indication of whether it's realistic for Miles Sanders to be back for the playoffs. I find it hard to believe he's going to be back for the for the first game in the playoffs.
2: Right, and but they didn't Sirianni put him on did, IR. Uh, that's exactly the point I was going to make that, uh, and Sirianni did specifically bring that up on uh, i think it was monday when you guys got a chance to talk to him that well we didn't put miles on ir for a reason because if you put my on ir <laughs> then that would have when when he got hurt that would have uh, would have encompassed the first game of the playoffs and they're holding out hope that he's ready for the first game play not a lock but the, if it was something that was like it's going to be a six-week injury, then you throw up your hands go, all right, we got no shot. We might as well put him on IR to give us uh, flexibility with the roster. But it was in that gray area where it depends on when he's going to come back. So I'm not counting it out yet. I'm, I'm with you that I think it's doubtful, but uh, I'm, I'm going to cling to the hope that Miles does uh, recover enough that he is at least activated for next week's game. Um, let me run this one by you before we get Conor Orr up to talk not only Eagles, but all the other machinations that can come down here in week 18 in the NFL. Let's say the coach of the Eagles was listening to Birds 365 this morning. And somewhat surprisingly, and maybe disappointingly, it dawns on him that John McMullen is exactly right, that we can't afford to lose Devonta Smith. If he goes down, yeah, we're kind of screwed. And I hadn't been thinking along those lines just yet, but damn, I got to come up with uh, with a game plan here. Sans Devante, because if he gets hurt, we're done. Uh, yeah, I got to rethink this thing. So he does. How's that going to work with that wide receiver core? I believe John McMohan, again, I'm quoting you a lot here, buddy, uh, said earlier this week, I wouldn't care if you blew up the whole room as long as you got Devante Smith out first and rebuilt it from top to bottom. Oh, the top to bottom is going to be the receivers for the Eagles on Sunday if Devontae Smith is rightly protected. Anybody got a chance to step up, play well? Jalen uh, Rager actually getting out of the doghouse. Greg Ward getting seven catches, making my point. Nick Sirianni's got to open his eyes and realize I got one of my best receivers not getting enough snaps during Sunday. Uh, how is it going to play this week and what kind of effect will will have on the playoff wide receiver rotation?
3: Well, I don't, I don't think it will have much effect at all on the, on the playoff wide receiver rotation. I, I, you know, one of the problems is, you know, if it's going to go the way we expected Jody um, and not, you know, much of the offensive line isn't going to play. And we talked about that earlier in the show. And if Jack Anderson is out there and Brett Todd and so forth and so on, your offense is not going to look good. And it's not even necessarily the fault of the quarterback. I say it all the time, uh, the running backs, the receivers. If you can't block people, you can't play offense. And if you're not blocking people now you know, who knows who Dallas is going to have, you know, trying to block. So, you know, maybe the, the Eagles reserves are better than Dallas's reserves and they can get some things done, but either way, I don't think it's that important unless, you know, it's starters against starters and you're trying to affect people that way, but, you know, and we're going to have Connor on in a few minutes. He he points out that this team has used 13 personnel, three tight ends, uh, more frequently than just about anybody in the nfl so maybe they they go that route now they have tight end issues you know or you're not gonna play dallas goddard jack stoles not ready to go just yet so starts tyree jackson richard rogers so there's a lot of moving parts and i guess at the end of the day because of all those moving parts none of it is going to be meaningful. So I don't think anybody's going to have an opportunity to pop their head up and say, "Oh, Jalen Rager turned the corner or Quez Watkins made a big play or Greg Ward uh, was able to get some things done, and that's going to be meaningful moving forward.
2: Uh, Just a guess on my part, if we're looking at the 12 guys who are on the COVID list as of right now, as you correctly pointed out on Monday, and I second your motion, um, there was some planning behind all those players showing up on a COVID list on a Monday, five days later, could be eligible to play on a Saturday game. I think Jack stole, and I got no idea. I got no moles in the Eagles uh, medical team that are going to give me inside info. Uh, I'm just judging from a guessing from afar, I should say. I'm going to guess Jack Stall's going to be able to play on Saturday. That if he's one of those I, guys. I
3: think, I think you're – you're you're. that's a good guess, Joe. Yeah,
2: if he's one of those guys, well, asymptomatic, but the test just happened to pop positive, oops, he's got to go on the
8: program. Remember,
3: you don't even have to test out now. You just got to show no symptoms. So, yeah, he's, right. he's going to be back. I think there's a very good chance he's playing. And, yes, the
2: Eagles will be playing some 13 ball with the guys just – Uh, trying to to move the ball via the ground. Uh, I expect Jack Stoll's number of snaps to go up significantly this week because, yeah, you and I kind of agree. Dallas Goddard's another guy they couldn't afford to lose. Not as big a drop-off between he and the other tight ends as Devontae Smith and the elevation of either J.J. Arcega-Whiteside or um, Greg Ward into that position. Um, but I think that uh, Dallas will not be playing much. He might be one of the guys, He's one of the guys because he's on the COVID list too. He's one of those who might not get off the COVID list. Yeah, because he might
3: he might still be showing symptoms on, on uh, Saturday. Yes, which you, the job
2: of John McMullen wink, is to wink, find wink. out wink. where uh, Dallas Goddard is during the game on Saturday and see if he's actually showing any of those symptoms because we don't know. We, we believe that the Eagles did a good job of quote unquote gaming the system to get yeah. ready for well if
3: he's game. still on the COVID list he won't be at Lincoln Financial Field. So you know that he 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 and Avante are both on the COVID list. So they'll be if at you're home. in
2: the protocols <laughs> you, are you even allowed on the No.
3: No. You you're you're in quarantine. Uh until now you can so, come I have back.
2: Question, and I know we got to take before, a break before I should say
3: before um, you know, you'd come in and test, uh, and, and then leave. So you would come in in the morning test. Now, now you don't even have to test out. Um, so it's just about, you know, are you showing symptoms and, you know, that's up to the doctor and that's where you have the, the wiggle room.
2: Right. So you come in and go, I'm fine. What's the doctor going to do? A ninety-minute examination to prove you wrong that you're well? You you know, and people,
3: you know, the NFL gets buried because I brought that up to some uh, some people in the NFL. You know, because it's pretty easy to say that players are going to say they're not sick, even if they are sick, especially to play in the playoffs. And you know, if if a doctor notices you, you got to pretty significant congestion issue or, you know, runny nose, or, you know, they can't necessarily tell a sore throat, but maybe they can, if it's inflamed, uh, you can't necessarily hide all symptoms. Um, And that's their argument. But uh, if, if they're very minor, just like, you know, I always go back to Malcolm Jenkins when he, he admitted um he sort of fain the concussion issue once and he regretted it players did that for years players will will try to if they have minor symptoms they'll try to play
2: that's what we're probably looking at for the playoffs not this week the eagles will help dictate exactly who's going to be able to play or not all right uh coming up next of war from sports illustrated Wrote an intriguing article about the birds this week. He does a great job covering the league week in and week out. I do have some questions for him for the other games to be played, other than Eagles, Cowboys this weekend, leading into the playoffs. Connor Roards up next here on Birds Three Sixty Five.
1: This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday.
0: The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees, donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org.
4: Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Three.
2: One, two, three. Because
4: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank. As a hard-working American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. And managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say we got this.
5: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game.
6: Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. <laughs>
2: Week 18 in the NFL, something we've never been able to say before, because don't forget, this is the biggest NFL season ever. Yeah, that just bugged the snot out of me when ESPN, the NFL Network, was saying that all September long leading up to the season. Yeah, we had it again. We got it. We noted that. Thank you very much for reminding us. Uh, Well, we have reached the end of the regular season, or almost. We got one more week to go, and then we got the postseason. Here to give us not only a look at the Eagles going into the postseason, but everybody. Cause he covers the entire league does a damn good job doing it for sports illustrated. Mr. Connor or Connor. Thanks for coming on board. How was your new year?
9: It's uh, everything's going great. We're, uh, we're here in Jersey, total COVID lockdown. So, uh, you know, but life is yeah. good. I have friends in my living room. So.
3: <laughs> exactly. I'm in South Jersey. So same thing, Connor, but, uh, uh, good to see you first off. Happy new year. Jody said, uh, You're a popular guy in in Philadelphia this morning, uh, wrote a a story at Monday Morning Quarterback, Sports Illustrated, um, the most fascinating offense in the NFL. Why uh, are the Eagles that? And What has Nick Sirianni done? And by the way, why did it take so long? Why did the ship take so long?
9: So I think it's a couple of things and I would include Shane Steichen in that um, in that equation, too, because I think a lot of the stuff I noticed when I before I started writing the piece was looking back at what he had done with Justin Herbert. And I said, hey, is there any similarities between what's going on now? Um, and what the Chargers were doing really well last year. And you started noticing some of the deep crossing routes that were the same. You started to notice, wow, both of these quarterbacks, you know, getting better with completion percentage. They're taking some of the easier throws. They're getting easier throws open. And so that led to just an exploration of the offense as a whole. And I have to say, like, you know, it's just interesting, right? I mean, the Eagles can – look like the Ravens. They can do a lot of the jet sweep, triple option, backfield stuff, or they can line up in 13 personnel, kind of like the Colts do, and just pound you into submission. And that's really, really hard for other teams to defend. And you don't need Josh Allen at quarterback if you're running the ball that well and your quarterback's just smart enough to find the open guy.
2: And, oh, by the way, John and I were talking about before you came on, uh, we expect them to be in 13 personnel and do what they do best, which is, yeah, just mano a mano, our bigs against your bigs, our bigs are better. We're going to take it to you. That's a great philosophy, and it's worked really well for the Eagles this year with the number one rushing game in the NFL. Who's going to do it this week, though? They still have a game yet to play, and as of right now, we got no idea other than Kenneth Gainwell if they've got any running backs, and we don't even know who the big beef is going to be up front because of COVID protocols and how much do you rest. It's a good thing you wrote the article this week because – Uh, before this week, because this week's Eagles offense might not look like the entire year's Eagles offense.
9: Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And I mean, this has just been such a, you know, I think Tom Brady said last year that he had predicted COVID would be harder this year to handle than it was last year. And I think in many ways, that's true. I mean, um, we've seen teams kind of scramble at the last minute to put some stuff together, but it's hard. And especially if you have an identity built around one side of the ball, we saw the Cleveland Browns, just decimated this year in the running game. There's been three or four games. I mean, they could easily be in playoff contention right now if we were in a normal non-pandemic year, you know, even with Baker Mayfield shoulder injury. And so, um, you know, luckily Philadelphia's already clinched. They're in. So, you know, they don't have that much to worry about this weekend.
3: Now, Connor, what, one of the interesting things I think you brought up, because I've used this term unique to describe Jalen Hurts as a player, as a quarterback, y- you use it to describe the offense, which is completely unique to the quarterback in the offensive line. Um, I remember talking to college coaches a few back in the day when they had to play somebody like Navy or, or Georgia Tech when they were running. And and they said one of the most difficult things to do was to prepare because you can't justify preparing for them more than the the week that you're playing them. And it's so rare to see. And you kind of bring up, obviously, much different philosophy, but nobody else runs what the Eagles run. So it's difficult to prepare for in such a short period of time. Is that sort of tapped into some of the success?
9: A hundred percent. And. You know, I, I think Baltimore sort of cornered the market on that a couple of years ago. I mean, they brought in um, they brought in some of the Georgia Tech guys to teach them how to block stuff up front because that was the idea, right? To build an offense around Lamar Jackson that nobody else could defend. And I think what the Eagles have done is sort of take that and and, and sort of make it a, a broader concept, right? So you can you can be Baltimore, you can be Lamar Jackson if that's what you want to do. I mean, I noticed hints of stuff, you know from like the week forest playbook, they were doing this really delayed RPO handoff stuff where they were um, manipulating the defensive end. And that looks straight out of college. And like you said, these guys don't practice this stuff every week. They're not ready to do this stuff. And so, you know, Cam Jordan in that saints game was not used to being strung out all the way to halfway to the sideline. And then having Jalen hurts just shoot inside of him and run the ball for 30 yards. And so I think that's, what's coming, you know, we saw new England really do that with Mac Jones this year. Um, You know, Baltimore, obviously with Lamar Jackson, we're seeing the death of like a coach saying this is my offense, right? Because you can't do that anymore. All the the talent is so different across the board that you have to be smart enough to build something around the person and the individual. And uh, that's why I think what they've done is so impressive.
2: I kind of know this is not necessarily your ballywick because you cover the entire league. You come in, do an article on the Eagles, get some great information, paint a real nice picture. Eagle fans say thank you very much. Um, But you cover the entire league. Kind of a narrow focus question. Eagles are going to the playoffs as of next week. Nick Sirianni has done an outstanding job with them this year. He's a first-year coach. Jalen Hurts is unquestionably the leader of the offense of this football team. He's never played in the playoffs before. They've got guys on this team who are Super Bowl champions, like a Jason Kelsey, like a Lane Johnson, like a Fletcher Cox. Who's going to be the one to rally the troops and get the right message across for how the Eagles get ready for that first playoff game?
9: Well, I I mean, I think you said it, if you're Nick Sirianni, you defer to the guys who have been there before. And I remember back when Carson Wentz got hurt and covering that team on the way to the Super Bowl, it seemed like it was Kelsey and it was Lane Johnson. And it was a lot of those guys that stepped up in that time in that period and really filled the leadership void. They were doing the St. Nick stuff with Nick Foles and really like galvanizing the locker room around Nick Foles, making sure that the media got on board with that and kind of making sure the messaging was uniform there. I think those guys are really smart. I mean, they've been around locker rooms like this before. They know how to handle that kind of stuff. They know how to handle us. And, you know, they don't have us bothering them in the locker room this year, too. So I think that's an added bonus for them and make, maybe makes life a little bit easier. But I think they'll be OK. And, you know, Sirianni, you know, I think is smart enough, you know, f- from moment one um, to have kind of placed a little bit of deference on those guys and, and allowed them some leeway to, to lead that locker room.
3: Uh, Kyra, uh, let's expand things to the entire NFC and, and put Green Bay up to the side for a second because I think everybody sees that's the significant favorite, but, you know, there's a chance the Eagles could play four different teams. Uh, obviously Tampa, the most likely then the Rams, less likely Arizona, Dallas, they're all good football teams. What, what is the most dangerous of those four to play right now? What do you think would be the easiest path for philadelphia obviously they're going to be a a underdog no matter what but who would you say the toughest matchup is the easiest matchup
9: it's a good question i would say oddly like if i'm if i'm nick sirianni like maybe you want the rams and here's why i think because we've seen the rams just get decimated against power running teams this year like i think it was San Francisco really kind of exposed them in one of the primetime games. It was maybe a Sunday or a Thursday, a couple of weeks ago, where they just came out an outside zone and they, they ran the ball down their throat. I think it was like a 13, 14 play drive. Other teams are doing that now, you know, every time that someone plays the Rams now they say, okay, we'll invite Aaron Donald upfield. I'm not afraid of Von Miller stopping the run. He's a pass rusher and we're just going to run you guys over. And I think Philadelphia could probably do that. They could play clock control football against the, the Rams Um, and you hope that your defense is good enough to hang on and, you know, you double Cooper cup and you see what happens. Uh, you know, I would much rather that than Tom Brady, to be honest. Um, and Dallas has Micah Parsons. And I think that that's kind of the answer, right? Generally to someone like Jalen Hurts is somebody who can, who can spy really well, who can get in the backfield and who can disguise coverages.
2: Yeah. I didn't even think about Micah Parsons as a spy. That's a good point. Maybe I should give the Cowboys a little bit more credit because, all my compatriots here on Birds 365 have not given Brady enough credit in or enough respect in my eyes. Uh, but, yeah, maybe I've been under respecting the Cowboys. All right, uh, another NFL question across the board, uh, two-parter. Number one, do you have an MVP vote?
9: I don't have an MVP vote. And and if I did, I wouldn't get in trouble talking about it. <laughs> there you go.
2: Uh, hey, be, be be nice. Hub is a good friend of mine. No, I know. We'll no, put that I aside. Uh, but if you had a vote, since you don't have one, you can talk about it at length. As a matter of fact, <laughs> how would you rank the first couple MVP candidates in the very specific order?
9: Oh, um, I would say, I I mean, I, I still, I wrote this a couple of weeks ago. I would say that if I had a vote, it would have gone into Jonathan Taylor and I still might give it to Jonathan Taylor. I mean, to run the ball that well, when teams know that you're running the ball and you know, the pushback I got from that was, Oh, they had Quentin Nelson but some of his best games, Quentin Nelson wasn't in the lineup. I mean, he wasn't playing during some of those games and, you know, they destroyed the bills. They destroyed, you know, some really good run defense teams this year. And, you know, he was doing it both ways. He uh, situationally catching the ball out of the backfield. You know, I thought he had a really good season and Joe Burrow, I, I think is just, you know, you know, maybe comeback player of the year. You know, you could rival Dak Prescott there, given what happened to his knee last year, but MVP, I mean, that is not um, like what the Eagles have. That is not a beautifully designed offense for Joe Burrow. That's a Joe Burrow, take the snap and try to figure something out and make something happen. And he's making something happen on every down. And he's basically produced a rookie of the year candidate, um, you know, during a preseason where he was so tender with that knee, he didn't want to get hit, you know, with the non-contact jersey on. And so I think that's wildly impressive to me. And I would, you know, Brady's obviously up there. I mean, my guess is that, you know, he would probably win the award anyway, but um, I think those two guys really deserve some serious consideration. Cooper Cup as well. I mean, uh, just most valuable player. If you take him out of that lineup, the Rams right now are you know eight and eight.
3: Is there something you know? I saw this in really the NBA. You know, Jordan the Jordan era, and even a little bit the uh, LeBron. You know, technically you could give those guys the MVP every year, but people get bored of it. And, you know, I've maintained that, you know, Aaron could be MVP pretty much any season. Aaron Donald could be defensive player of the year any season. Bill Belichick could be coach of the year any season. And, you know, Bill hardly wins it because everybody expects it from him. Um, Is there something to that? Just, you know, the voters want to go different directions at certain times?
9: I think I think there's a human element to it for sure, where. Um, we get, you know, uh, we get used to certain, you know, levels of play. And then, um, you know, I, 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 think too, it's, it's sort of a look over here, look over there mentality. Like if somebody we haven't seen before is playing really well, uh, doing something different, I think naturally just our human instinct is to look over there and then get really impressed by that and forget all the other things. I mean, to your point, I think Bill Belichick has been coach of the year three times. I want to say, um, since 2000, I mean, you know, I, I think that number should be closer to 10, you know, and I think, <laughs> you know, I mean, and you know, look at how many different ways that he's rebuilt the Patriots, even just when Tom Brady was there. Um, And I think he's got got to be a front runner this year. I think Matt LaFleur was the betting favorite the last time I saw it. Look, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I would go Bill Belichick this year. I think what he's done is absolutely phenomenal. But uh, I think you're right. There's something to that. There's just a, you know, a recency bias, you know, something to that effect. But um, I'm always one for, you know, if, if the guy's the best, the, he's the best. You know, if you're dominant, you shouldn't be punished for that.
2: Connie, you gave us a good read on uh, the teams that you like in the NFC with the matchups against the Eagles. How about over in the AFC? Tennessee just jumped up to the number one seed this past week. And damn, I've had the hardest time handicapping them all year. I put them on a pedestal when they were winning games, going out to L.A., beating the Rams without their star running back. Said, damn, they're that good. And then they had some really ugly games during the year, including getting handled by Houston. And uh, all right, well, now they're finally coming back down earth. They're not that good. Tannehill looks like he's the Tannehill of Miami. And damn, they play great football here at the end to grab the number one spot. Just by record, they should be the number one seed. But by the way you see them, would you say they're the team to beat in the AFC?
9: Probably not. I mean, remember, too, I mean, they lost to the Jets with Derrick Henry, I think, you know, and they've had some bad games this year. Um, But um, I just can't you can't count out Kansas City. I mean, you know, I know that they lost to Cincinnati and the Bengals outshot them last week, but it's still Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And, you know, it's such a boring answer to that question. But, you know, I, I view them as the best team. And, you know, I would not count out a competitive bill Belichick at this point. I mean, they might finish the season as an 11 win team. And you know, that that's probably the last guy I want, you know, staring me down on the other sideline. If I'm starting the AFC playoffs now, is he good enough to make it to the conference title game this year? Probably not. Um, but is that team as a whole probably as good as some of the Patriots teams he's had that, is, that have made the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think so. Um, minus Tom Brady, obviously, but um, so I think it'll be interesting. I think it's sort of wide open there. I think Kansas City's more vulnerable than they've been in the past, but I probably have to bet on them now. Tennessee's interesting. You get Derrick Henry back. I don't know what that foot uh, Jones fracture is going to look like after that short of a time off, but um, you know, it's certainly intimidating for um, you know an opponent to have to prepare for that full force again.
3: Connor, if you did, we we mentioned Green Bay, you mentioned Kansas City. I think in in a lot of ways, people default to those two teams, and rightfully so, as you mentioned. If there was going to be a surprise, you mentioned Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. You talked about the Eagles offense. So a lesser-seeded team who makes the magical run, uh, what team kind of scares you the most or says, oh, they might be able to get something done? San
9: Francisco. Um, I, I, I I had them winning 11 games in my preseason predictions. And, you know, I think, you know, you lose George Kittle. And, you know, I think if they didn't lose George Kittle during the season, I think they probably would have hit that. Um, that that offense is so hard to defend when it's rolling, you know, and I just think that, um, you know, I remember watching them just destroy the Packers in the conference title game a few years ago. And, you they're as good, if not better, than of an offensive line than they were back then. You know, and George Kittle's healthy. You get Jimmy Garoppolo back. I mean, this team made the Super Bowl two years ago. I think that they could come in, and you know, cold weather games, depending on who they get, just absolutely thrash people. And I think that that's kind of been their mo um and you know they're aggressive on defense which you know is situational in the playoffs but sometimes you hit on one of those you know D'Amico Ryan's blitzes that he calls and all of a sudden yeah. you know it's like you know you hit on one of those early in a game you cause a turnover and then you can run the ball like they do 25 30 times a yeah. game that's over you know you're not going to be able to come back
3: I want to know how Kyle got Tom Compton the block is it just looking at Trent Williams and saying oh well I better <laughs> I
9: better do that <laughs> it's really interesting I talked to um couple offensive linemen about that and their their blocking scheme is so well designed that they basically figured out like you know what is the most comfortable block for an offensive lineman to make right it's when the play is going um you know you know you're going back against play side you know so you have all the leverage you can come down on your opponent and they've figured out a way to basically allow all of their offensive linemen to do that every single one of them can make the most comfortable block in football on every play and so That's awesome, you know, and you're going to do it better than anybody else. And so you can also transform lesser offensive linemen as a result of that.
2: I kind of I need your read on. I know we're focused on week 18 and then we're focused on the playoffs. But truth be told, we never take our eye off down the road. And we've done a lot of that this year with Jalen Hurts, his Eagles quarterback. He is winning the hearts and minds of Philadelphia fans. I think that includes the coaching staff and the general manager and the owner. But you never really know. Uh, Yesterday, Russell Wilson said the plan is to win more Super Bowls, and the plan is to do so in Seattle. Aaron Rodgers just last week said he's got an improving relationship with Brian Guttenkuntz, the general manager. So He so desperately wanted to get away from this offseason and ended up back in Green Bay. If those two guys are staying put, are the Eagles going to stay with uh, Jalen Hurts because, well, there's no questions asked. He's just that good. Or because... Deshaun Watson and all his legal problems might be the only quarterback who's actually going to change teams this offseason.
9: Yeah, and I think that's going to force some teams into a precarious situation. I mean, you look at what Miami essentially tried to do was like step in and force settle like litigation before the trade deadline. And like what a horrendous thing to try to attach your franchise to, you know, um, I think that until you know, until that litigation is complete until all those women have their day in court, I don't think anybody should even think about pursuing a trade with him, you know, and you know, that, that's been my philosophy all along. I think there's probably a lot of smart general managers who agree with me. If you're Howie Roseman, like, I don't think you're going to get the credit that you deserve for, for what you just pulled off, you know, and maybe there was a little bit of luck involved there, but, um, they haven't shown um necessarily an ability to be tender with anybody. I mean, Doug Peterson got tossed out after a couple of years after winning the Super Bowl. Um, Carson Wentz got tossed, you know. If you're Jalen Hurts, you probably just think, hey, right now I'm the quarterback of the Eagles. Probably next year I'm the quarterback of the Eagles, but I don't know what's gonna happen with these three first round picks. You know, I don't know if they trade them um to be able to be first in line in the 2023 draft when that quarterback class is gonna be a lot more robust than this year's, you know we don't know what their long-term plan is. They might not know what their long-term plan is, but, you know, I think if you're hurts, you just got to take it day by day, unfortunately. And he's been used to that since, uh, since his days at Alabama.
3: All right, Connor week 18, as Jody said, so uh, 14 teams are going to move forward. That means 18 teams are not and black Monday looms. How many are we going to have? How many, we know we have two, how many more are coming?
9: It's going to be interesting. I think that there is going to be, I mean, Chicago and Denver, I think are um, pretty likely to be open there. So that brings your total to four. Um, I don't think the giants as uh, as hard as Joe judge is making this decision. He has uh, made, yes, he's um, making it. He's... Yeah. Um, I don't think the giants are making a move. Um, you know, uh, the, I think David Culley might hang on in Houston. You know um, I've heard all along that they're not going to make a move unless the one person they want comes available. I don't know who that person is, but you know, I think if you're David Cully, you deserve a chance to come back. You've, you've out coached that team uh beyond anybody's wildest expectations. I think you deserve to come back next year. So I think it could be a relatively quiet um, Mike Zimmer. You got to get Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer yep. I, I do think that that's probably going to happen. Um, Um, but other than that, like, you know, I mean, we're, we're usually used to seven or eight openings a year. I think this could be closer to five and with the caveat that we always get that one surprise and we don't know what that's going to be. And, you know, I've, I've been talking to some colleagues about that. Um, and, you know, I just keep thinking about some of our older coaches, like, you know, Pete Carroll is 70. Does he want to stick around if Russell Wilson leaves and rebuild that team, especially at a point in time where some college would pay him $20 million a year to sit there and be, you know, Mac Brown, basically, you know, I think that 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 would be pretty attractive. You know, if I'm Sean Payton, do I look at the saints and say, do I really want to sit here for three years and try to figure out a quarterback and try to come back and do all this stuff and compete with Tom Brady in this division for forever? You know, probably not. Uh, I don't know. And even like someone like the chiefs, it's like, Andy Reid, if you win a second Super Bowl with these guys, you know, do you say like, okay, you know, what else is there left to do? I've secured my place in Canton. I've locked this thing down. I've had my fun with Patrick Mahomes. Now let's let some of these other guys take over and uh, and do some stuff. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know if any of those things are necessarily going to happen, but I just you think about some of these older coaches, yeah. wonder like at what point are they like, okay, you know, I'm I, I'd like to hang out at the beach for a year.
3: Quick, a quick follow up on on that, Connor, surprise wise. If this if certain thing would have to happen. But if the Cowboys are one and done and disappointing and everybody is Jackson Bill's already sniffing around Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore, does Jerry think about, I want to keep one of these guys? Um, could that be a surprise?
9: I've thought about that a lot, um, especially Kellen Moore. I mean, Kellen Moore has occupied the place in his heart that Jason Garrett used to have, you know. And you remember when teams came after Jason Garrett, he ran Wade Phillips out of town in order to promote Jason Garrett to the head coaching job. And you know, I think that Kellen Moore is probably of that level of you know appreciated in Dallas. And so I'm I'm very interested to see what happens there. You know, I think that. Um, Mike McCarthy is definitely, you know, you don't know what he has in terms of a benefit of the doubt. I would say similarly, like Cliff Kingsbury is another one, like he still hasn't redone the contract yet, had two late season collapses, like, um, didn't play well necessarily down the stretch this year. Is that a team where like the Cardinals are like, okay, we've seen the best of what we can do here. We have a pretty good coaching staff with, even without him. So
2: all right, John followed up by staying in division with the uh, Cowboys, I want to do the same with the Giants, which we touched on briefly, but let me give you a scenario, and I do shows occasionally in New York, and I've been saying this for five months, six months, going back to the summer, yeah, the, we know the general manager's gone, Dave Gettleman's going to get his walking papers, they've come out and said Joe Judge is going to stay, well that could change, but it should change solely because they've hired a very good general manager slash president to take over the organization. And he should be the one to make the call on the head coach or not. Is there a guy out there and the NFL has the same rules as other sports where if you offer someone a promotion, so I guess you could make them president and you could cherry pick somebody else's general manager for chance, if they have a president within their organization, either available already out of the loop this year or someone on another team that you could legally potentially pull out of there. Who's the best person to take over the power chair of the New York Giants and decide on their head coach and their quarterback going forward.
9: I don't know, because if I'm a general manager, I'm not taking that job. You know, I I think that's a hard job. And, um, the mayor, merit- if
2: they give you the say, so on the coaching that you, G- cause yeah, some people are saying, well, they've already decided your judges say, well, then you got no chance to get any kind of a general manager. If the first thing you tell them when you offer them the job is by the way, you're keeping the coach and you're keeping the quarterback. It's like, okay, see you later. Bye. So give him his power base. You still think it's a bad job and nobody really good. will take it.
9: I I think if if they were to offer that kind of power, then I think I'd be interested. I don't think the Mara family is ever going to give up that kind of power. I just really? I don't think they're going to because it's not you know that is a family run operation and they've been doing that doing, they've been doing things their way for decades and I think that they would have a really hard time passing off that kind of power. Now maybe this is the year that John finally realizes that he has to back away a little bit and hand off some of the reins, but. I would imagine them still trying to pro- promote from within, find somebody within their confines that can jibe with Joe judge. It's going to be wildly unpopular. I can tell you that right now. You right know, <laughs> um, But um, I think that's the situation you've boxed yourself into because you don't want to fire another coach after two years. You're afraid of the perception of that. And so, you know, you have to kind of pacify everybody and, you know, this is sort of the way that I think you have to do it. Um, could I see them, poaching like you know I mean I've heard like Monty Awesome Ford from Tennessee bandied around like that's a guy who knows Joe Judge and like could you poach someone like that like an assistant GM somewhere else and semi-promote him but with the understanding that he's got to work in the confines of it maybe but if I'm a rising GM candidate I'm not taking that job because you know much less than coaches GMs you only get one shot at this you're not going to be a second time GM in the NFL
3: yeah yeah <laughs> license uh, that's, you know, some GMs get to hire poor coaches, Connor, but that's another <laughs> thing. Uh, but I, I, I last one for me, and everybody read Connor, does a tremendous job at SI.com, Monday morning quarterback. Check out his Eagles piece, which is tremendous on Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen's offense. But uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I often talk about spoiled fan bases. I start with Green Bay, who's had, 30-plus consecutive years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. They don't know how the other half lives. Continuity is always best, and that is best observed in Pittsburgh, which has had three coaches since 1968. Two of them are in the Hall of Fame. The other one's going in the Hall of Fame. 15 consecutive years now. Mike Tomlin has not had a losing season. But some people in Pittsburgh, and they're on life support, they still have a chance, but they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, some people want to move on from Mike Tomlin. Would you even consider
9: that if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers? Got no. And <clears throat> I've heard some Steelers fans saying this for the better part of, you know, five years now. And, like, you can show them – Mike Tomlin and Bill Cowers winning loss records side by side, and they're almost identical. Mike Tomlin's is a little better, you know, and they still are like, we want Bill Cower back. And I don't understand it. I've never understood it. If Mike Tomlin were to be let go and put on the market, like I know like half the teams in the NFL would fire their head coach to try to get him. He is one of the four best head coaches in the NFL. I mean, look at what Antonio Brown is like now. And Mike <laughs> Tomlin that for ten years. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Le'Veon Bell in that situation. I mean, that locker room was full of consistently explosive personalities. Big Ben was not a classic leader. He was not, you know, the take the reins guy and give the speech guy. That was all Mike Tomlin, like all of it. And you know, you know, I, I'm just fascinated by Steelers fans in general. Like, you know, what more could you possibly want out of your head coach and you know, that's that's a franchise. of That's a fan base that needs to see what life is like. I mean, I grew up a Browns fan. This is, you know, it can get <laughs> it can get so much worse. You know,
2: Connor, it doesn't matter to us whether you write another complimentary article about the Eagles or not. We're going to go try and get you back on uh, once the playoffs get underway. Appreciate you coming on with us today. Have a great weekend. Enjoy.
9: All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Connor sure.
2: does an outstanding job for Sports Illustrated. <laughs> and yes, go to SI.com. while you're at it, you can read Kratz and McMullen, but uh, specifically the uh, intriguing, interesting article he wrote about the Philadelphia Eagles this week on their website. All right, Jay Mack and I coming back. we got to put a bow on the show here on Birds 365.
5: Go for the midnight tears. Go for the
6: game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the wins. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Good
1: day, everyone. It's Joe Krause from the Jacob Media Network here at Neck of the Woods. Uh, so excited to introduce Krause's Coat Check, a cold IPA. It's just an incredible thing. I'm in my 18th year of Krause's Coats and with Brian's health and uh, Frank coming together here at Neck of the Woods. Krause's Coat Check, a cold IPA, was born on this day. We'll celebrate it on January 11th, and everyone is invited to enjoy or to meet and experience the entire Jacob Media team and also experience Krause's Coat Check a cold IPA. Gentlemen, a toast, I think, to you for producing Rousey's Co-Check here at Neck of the Woods.
3: Cheers. Cheers.
2: 365 with your Mac and Mac guys Nicole and the McDonald's. All right, the time is running out on this football Friday show, which means we've got just enough time left to make our picks on the Eagles game tomorrow. Usually, we have to make them for Sunday, and we're already bumping up against the game because the game was flexed for Saturday. Uh, Johnny Mac, I know you put your pick in already for Philly voice, and I've been doing this all year. Usually you stick with your Philly voice pick, but sometimes you change it up, at least maybe the score. Usually you stick with the team that you thought was going to win the game. Um, But we'll give you the option of potentially changing the score if you see fit. Yeah, you had the Cowboys winning this week, which really doesn't mean anything because we don't know. We're throwing darts at a dartboard here because we don't even know who's going to play, but we kind of got to do it anyway. So give us your line of reasoning as to why you think, Who's going to win the game on Saturday?
3: My line of reasoning is I think the Cowboys are going to play more of their key players for a little bit lengthier of a time. So, I mean, generally they're the better team to begin with. So if it was full strength versus full strength, I'd pick the Cowboys. If they're going to play more of their best players for a longer period of time, you would think they would have the advantage. But yeah, this is a complete dart at the dart board. I, I think i had the cowboys win in 24 16 something of that nature i think the eagles are going to struggle offensively because i don't think they're going to play anybody and if they don't play anybody on the offensive line you lose your strength and you start to have some issues and the lack of playmakers will will show up a little bit
2: well, I'm going to make a pick on this game, just like you did. Uh, may not want to make it because it is just a flip of a coin and a guess. Uh, and I've been pretty damn good with the Eagles picks. Uh, just winners straight up here on Birds 365, 13-3. Three.
3: Yeah, and so one, am I. I'm and, rock solid.
2: And one of those was with an asterisk. Because on Friday, I picked the Saints to beat the Eagles. They had a bunch of players that were eligible to come off the COVID list. And none of them did so they didn't have a quarterback. They didn't have their running back, Alvin Kamara. If you would ask me on Sunday morning, I would have said, yeah, I think the Eagles will probably find a way to win. Um, but I did make the pick on Friday, so I got to stand by that Saints loss. I lost early in the season, the Carolina game. I thought they got beat, and they won. And, of course, the upset by the Giants. No one had the Eagles losing to the Giants a couple of I don't months. even
3: remember the games I got wrong, so I give you credit for oh, that. I do. I I'm, remember I, one. I'm glad uh, people take uh, keep track of that for me.
2: and uh, this year, Uh, and, yeah, I'm with it. I think the Cowboys are going to win. Certainly, I think they're going to stay with their starters longer, and I think they might push the envelope a little bit because Jerry said so. When Jerry said so in Dallas, everybody listens, including his head coach. I think he may play them longer than John McMullen or Jody McDonald or anybody else because we've got our opinion about how uh, Nick Sirianni should handle it. It's the same thing for the Cowboys, but Jerry is on record as saying, we need to get back to playoff form. So I think it'll be more than just a little bit longer. I think it'll be significantly longer. That's why I think it's going to be a significant loss. That means nothing, nothing for the Eagles. Doesn't derail, doesn't change. Yeah, they finish up nine and eight rather than 10 and seven. I have, very like the double digit wins. Doesn't matter if they go ahead and win the first game of the playoffs. As an underdog, then nobody's gonna look back and go, "Yeah, but damn, we lost in Week 18 to the Cowboys." Forget about it, and forget about winning this week. I think the Cowboys are gonna win, probably by double-digit points. As a matter of fact, all right, J.M., uh, you got you get your mindset ready yet? You got your mind uh, already laid out for a Saturday night game?
3: No, man. I'm uh, right now. Uh, my feet are where they are, and that's got to be. I gotta. I gotta get through the snow first, and then yeah, I go
2: go out and shovel Saturday. and think about the Eagles and the Cowboys, uh, and then get ready for some football. And you will be on the post game show here on the Jacob
3: Media uh, YouTube channel on Saturday, right? And 6 abccom And uh yeah, we gotta get it in. Like, share, subscribe. Uh if you like what are doing what we're doing. And how can you not? We had Ed Kratz, Connor Orr giving you everything.
2: Both of which were good, except what did Kratz do that I got to pimp him about Brandon Brooks again? I forget why you I think I
3: insulted you and then you insulted. Oh yeah, it might have uh, been you and I
2: took it out on Ed. That's right. Um, yes, I do so here for us, McDonald and uh McMullen. Even if you like the post game show, yeah, do it for them on time. But do it right now for us. We got to get our algorithm up. Uh, so hit that, hit that like button. Even though we just picked the Cowboys, both of us mm-hmm. picked the Cowboys to beat the Eagles. Come on, we got to yeah. preserve our. We Need guys. a
3: little blue pill for our algorithm. <laughs> That's what we need. Yeah,
2: we're both thirteen and three, so uh, <laughs> we'll we'll either both be thirteen and four or fourteen and three. Because we're both unfortunately unfit- picking. Yeah, we gotta shift
3: up in the playoffs. We gotta, we yeah, gotta go fantastic. against. that long a, a champion, as,
2: John. As long as they're not playing that Brady guy, they have a chance to win when the playoffs. There well, we
3: go. We should have a championship belt made up. Maybe I, I might be going to Monday Night Raw. So maybe. Oh, we'll...
2: you're killing me! You invited me to go, I can't go. I'm gonna be on WIP Monday night. Yeah, we'll see. Killing me, killing me, me, Smalls. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, best of luck, the Eagles. Hope they win. Um, we'll find out that much more by the time Saturday rolls around. But next week is going to be very good here on Birds 365. Not bad for a first-year show going into the playoffs after the team went 4-11-1 the year before. When they asked us if we want to do a show together, I didn't th- Okay, well, at least uh, – Uh, we'll have to work real hard after January whatever because the season will be over and done with no we got an easy week coming up next week talking about eagles in the playoffs hope you're back here with us on birds 365 next week
1: if you missed any of today's show on the jacob media channel listen to the podcast on your way home available on youtube apple and spotify
4: support for this podcast and the following message come from coriant